You are listening to the Revive the World Ministries podcast. We hope this message encourages you to be all God created you to be so that you can impact the world around you with the love and power of God. For more information about us, you can visit our website at revivetheworld.org or visit us in person each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. We hope to connect with you soon. Okay, this morning I thought I'd continue the, um, the discussion on honor, but today focus on honor through church government. So we're going to eventually get around to discussing about the fivefold ministry, what it is, what each um, um, gifting does, and we're also going to discuss the good, the bad, and the godly of each of these gifts. But first, let's get a little bit Um, more focus to honor itself. Matthew Matthew 15, verse 4, and all the scriptures will be taken from uh, the New King James Version. Matthew 15, verse 4, is Jesus talking to uh, his disciples. And he says, For God commanded, saying, Honor your father and your mother, and he who curses father or mother, let him be put to death. So, in the Greek, the the word honor there is tamao. Potato, potato. But it means to fix the value of, to revere, to honor. That was the word that Jesus used or that was translated into the Greek. Jesus was actually quoting Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, where in the Ten Commandments, God said, honor your father and your mother. If we can pull that up. So, let's honor our father and our mother. There we go. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Now here, this is in Hebrew originally. And in Hebrew, the Greek word for honor is kabod. Now some of you may recognize that word because it's also used in other places in another form. But kabod is to be heavy, to be weighty to be honored, or to be glorious. This word is also found at 1 Kings chapter 8, verses 10 through 13, where it talks about the kabod of God. 1 Kings chapter 8, verses 10 through 13. And it came to pass when the priests came out of the holy place that the cloud filled the house of the Lord so that the priest could not continue ministering because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. That word glory is kabod. It's the same thing. Verse 12, Then Solomon spoke, The Lord said he would dwell in the dark cloud. I have surely built you an exalted house and a place for you to dwell in forever. 
Now, it's interesting that in the Hebrew, glory and honor carry the same meaning. Although we, we tend, as English speakers, we tend to give more um, weightiness, more of the presence of God, more supernatural activity to the word kabod, to the word glory, than what we do to the word honor. But yet, according to Scripture, they mean the same thing. So then, honor. How is this administered and carried out through church government? Well, now is where we get into the fivefold ministry. If we can turn to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13. Actually, if we could do 8 through 13, please. Ephesians 4, verses 8 through 13. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now this, he ascended, what does it mean but that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who ascended is also the one who ascended. He who descended is also the one who ascended <laughs> far above the heavens that he might fill all things. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now, how is this description different from what we see in the American church model? In the American church, Almost all leaders are either pastors, bishops, or elders. Now, the word bishop and elder, they do appear in the Bible, but they're taken from the same word, which is episcope, meaning one who has oversight, one who leads. But this episcope is more of a description of what a person does rather than what, who they are. Pastor is used more today as a title than actually describing a gift. Every church leader, every senior leader is a pastor. Pastor so-and-so. So let's go down the list in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 8 through 13, and see the good, the bad, and the godly of each of these giftings. Now, I do want to point out something in verse 8 of chapter 4. This is kind of a little side note. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. These gifts to men, some translations actually say gifts in men, that God gave gifts in men. That men on both of these translations uh, is the Greek word anthropos, which means a human being. It can be male or female. But the idea in saying gifts in men is saying as if only men can be in church leadership. But that is not true. The NIV more accurately renders it. He, it says that he gives gifts to his people. Okay? Now, that's just, that's, that's, that's free. Yeah, yeah. So, 
So let's first take a look. Let's go to verse 11, and we're going to uh, break these down. He gave some to be apostles. Now, the term apostle is actually a, um, it's a, originally was a Greek military term that meant one that is sent forth with orders, a delegate of somebody else. The Greeks, as far as I'm aware of, created this position because they found that conquering a land or a nation just wasn't enough. There was going to be constant uprisings, uh, just all kinds of problems that would be right around the corner. But in order to affect long-term change over those areas that they conquered, they found that they must introduce Greek culture so that these new people would actually begin to think like a Greek. The apostles were charged then with they were the ones who were given the duty of changing this culture so that people saw and viewed things as a Greek would. This, um, this position worked out so well that the Romans adopted the same thing. And to this day, uh, the world is still under the influence, under the impact of Greek and Roman thinking to this day. So apostles were the ones, um, were what was the title that Jesus gave to his disciples, his closest disciples, that they were to uh, go forth and change the world, to bring the culture of heaven to the earth. The apostles were also the leaders of the first century New Testament church. Now, changing culture is not easy. Everyone has certain mind. With cultures, you have certain mindsets, certain ways of thinking, because that's been embedded in us, not, not even intentionally, but embedded in us since we were babies. Just a certain way of thinking. Although this is very difficult, changing a, a culture, it is possible. But those who are charged with changing this culture, they must be immersed in the culture that they're changing it to themselves, or, or they're going to be ineffective. So New Testament apostles must be so connected with God that, in, that they can bring the culture of heaven to the earth. I, I love a, a, a statement declaration that Tony makes is that I may teach what I know, but I impart who I am to those that I, I, I impact. So for an apostle, the focus is always from heaven to earth, bringing that culture down here. Now, the next one is called prophets. A prophet is one who also, their focus is from heaven to earth. They listen for the voice of God, what he's saying, and then they give direction, they give encouragement, um, they give correction even to individuals or to the church body as a whole. Now, apostles and prophets, they're like two peas in a pod. <laughs> they really are. Because both of them focus on what God is doing 
and what God's desires are right now for the church. So they will confer with one another on leadership issues and whatever direction the church is going in. The next one is evangelist. And I didn't look at the time when I got up here again. All right. Tony, when I'm... Okay. Okay. <laughs> evangelist. The focus of evangelist is to save the lost. Boldly proclaiming the heart of God to those that are hurting. They emphasize church growth. And they, they teach people how to boldly share their faith and share the gospel of Jesus Christ wherever they go. The next one is pastors. A pastor's focus is on people. Simply said, they shepherd the flock. They make sure that everyone is doing well. How you doing today? You doing good? And they make sure that everyone is being cared for. Teachers, a teacher's focus is accurately bringing the word of God to people and teaching them scriptures, showing them what God's thoughts are. Now let's switch gears a little bit and go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28. Paul's talking about giftings, and he kind of places an outline of order of how these giftings work within the church. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 28. And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers. After that, miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, administrations, and varieties of tongues. Notice here in this list that pastors and evangelists aren't even mentioned. First apostles, second prophets, third teachers, and after that, miracles, helps, healings. This brings to question then, why is the American church's focus solely on pastors? Why? Well, I already told you, because pastors focus on people. If you're hurting, if you need help, where do you go? You want to see and talk to a pastor. You want someone to build you up. And there's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But notice that an apostle and prophet's focus is bringing heaven's culture to the earth. This is ministering to God. Pastors, teachers, and evangelists focus on ministering to people. So how do these work, gifts work together to bring honor? So if we take both the, the Hebrew meaning of the word and the Greek meaning of the word, it means to bring the weight and the glory of God into any situation and to help people to understand their true value, that God sees it. So these, these five gifts work together to help the church to mature and grow. The focus of apostles and prophets is what's heaven's desire. What's heaven wanting right now? What's God's desire? However, do you remember the apostles' answer 
to the people in Acts chapter 6 when people felt like they were being left out of daily distributions of food and, and their needs. And they come complaining to the apostles, and the apostles in Acts chapter 6 said, um, you know, it's really not desirous for us to, to leave the word of God in order to, take, to serve tables. I always thought, wow. <laughs> you just, just put me in my place. <laughs> but choose from amongst yourselves seven people that can do this for you. People need ministering too also. But am I saying that the people's needs are not the main focus of the church? Yes, I am. <laughs> Don't stone me, but yes, I am. People are not the main focus of the church. God is the main focus of the church. Let me illustrate it this way. Um, a man writes a will, and he's a very rich man. He, he writes a will, and when he passes on, he has hired an executor to carry out the, the uh, statements or the, the orders of the will. So he's, he is the benefactor, and then you have the executor, and the people receiving these things are the beneficiaries. Now, a beneficiary may think that the, um, the executor is working for them, but he's not. He's working for the benefactor to make sure that to the smallest detail that all of the demands of the will are being carried out. A beneficiary, they're, they're just there receiving, so they are benefiting from this arrangement, but the main focus for the executor is what, it, what the benefactor wanted to do. So everyone gets taken care of, but it flows from one end to the other. So from heaven to earth. Whereas pastor, and that's the, the focus of prophets and apostles, but with pastors, teachers, evangelists, they come in to care for people's needs. That is the main focus for them. But for a pastor, a teacher, or an evangelist, if their focus is solely on people only, and they're especially not under the direction, under the leadership of an apostle and prophet, it's easy to become legalistic. It's easy to get stressed out because of people's problems and burdens. And it's easy to eventually become burned out by it. So therefore, pastors, teachers, and evangelists thrive better and they prosper under the leadership of apostles and prophets. So, I mean, it's, it's a really good balance that car that's carried out here. Um, for, for a person that's hurting, if all you have is an apostle and or a prophet, and all you're talking about is heaven's desire, and this person sitting there, how is that helping my marriage? My kids are in outright rebellion. How are we going to get through this? And what will happen is they will eventually leave that church and go to one where there's a pastor, someone there to take care of their needs. This is why we need all of the fivefold ministry gifts working together. Because the apostles and prophets, they keep things on track. And the pastors, teachers, and evangelists, they're the ones that are assisting and carrying out 
from heaven's perspective what people need. Miracles, signs, and wonders will flow better when people are growing and maturing. All things will focus, when we focus on from heaven to earth, all things work together. And everybody's needs are cared for within the Christian church. So, honor is, is what God has bestowed upon us, giving us these gifts. Because if you look in the scriptures, most of the miracles, signs, and wonders are carried out by the apostles and the prophets. But when we all work together as a body, those miracles, signs, and wonders flow seamlessly through all the leadership, and it flows to everyone that is beneficiaries of God's goodness upon them. So when we fix the correct value, as God sees us as who we are, how precious we are to him, and if we fix the correct value upon the church, and we see the, the value of having leadership that um, has embraced the fivefold ministry, that's when the kabod glory of God can come in and flow throughout the entire church. It rests in and it rests upon the body as a whole. And we see miracles, signs, and wonders, and nobody's even keeping count who's doing it because it's just happening so much. Thus, a culture of honor, it's really supernatural. Honoring people for who they are, as God says, fixing that value, and allowing the weightiness, the glory, the supernatural glory of God to settle in on us, it's, it's supernatural. So when we are showing honor to, to leaders, when leaders show honor to the body, it, it all just gels together. So honor is, is very important to all of us. And I mean, I, I, I myself, I and Aureli, Aureli and I, Sorry, Rachel. <laughs> She's our word person. Um, Aureli and myself, we, we are so honored to be a part of this body where all five of these gifts are in operation and, and the church body as a whole is benefiting and flourishing because of it. So let me, let me pray for you. I'm not sure where I was at on time, but I think... I'm very good. <laughs> yes, I'm good. So um, we're also going to have, if you, if you need healing of any sort, you need any kind of prayer, we've got a prayer team that's going to come up, and uh, um, they will be more than happy to pray for you. If you need a word from God, every single one of these people are very prophetic, and they can give you a word uh, of encouragement and uh, let you know from heaven to earth what's, what God's got going on for you. So thank you, Father, so much. I pray blessing upon every single person here this day. Also those that are online. I thank you 
for the value that you've given to us. This is a value that you placed upon us, even as Rachel said, before the Holy Spirit was, was passing to and fro over the surface of the waters. I thank you, my God, that, that with that value, your weightiness, your glory, which is your honor, has been brought to us and rests upon us. Thank you so much for your presence. Thank you for how you've made the church in such a way that is designed to grow. It is designed to be to grow into maturity, to the fullness of the measure that you created each and every one of us for. Yeah, we're going to change the world, and that's how you designed it. Thank you, God, for this blessing. I, I pray a blessing upon every single person here this day that the remainder of this weekend, this, this holiday weekend, will be full of rest and presence with you, no matter what it is that we're doing. Thank you so much for the flow of life that comes from heaven to earth. We love you so much, and we thank you for all these things in Jesus' name. So, there you have it. Thank you, guys. I pray that you have a great weekend uh, filled with family, food, and fun, <laughs> whatever you're doing. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Join us each week for another message and listen to past messages by visiting us online at revivetheworld.org.